The Present by Stefan Molyneux, Chapter 15 The assault began in darkness. Rachel was ripped from sleep by a demanding electronic summons, burping and whistling and beeping. It was a two-slam of consciousness, the first leaving a dream of dangerous dogs, and the second waking to a wild suspicion of the demons behind the screen. Arlo groaned even before he awakened, and Rachel wondered for a moment if he experienced significant self-pity and entitlement even in his dreams. What the hell? he murmured. Rachel rolled over, tangling the wires of the headphones she used for audio as she fell asleep. She picked up her phone and switched it to vibrate. She had received over 100 messages, all in the last few minutes. Her shaking thumb scrolled through a fiery waterfall of rage and contempt. Her heart pounding, she skimmed up the messages like a lost soul sprinting across thin ice, cracks widening at the heels. Arlo's breathing softened. Rachel glanced over, tilting her phone screen so she could see him. His blonde hair poked out above his sleep mask. He needed to wear one, he said, because he was so lean that his eyelids were too thin to keep out the morning light. Rachel locked onto her blog. She normally got a few hundred visitors a day. Over 50,000 had arrived in the last six hours. She checked out her various social media accounts, hunting for text responses in between the most vile memes she had ever seen in her life. More messages came pouring in, jarring her hand. The vitriol was breathtaking. They were mostly from women. Rachel realized she had stopped breathing. What about the patriarchy? She wondered. I wasn't exactly defending men, just showing the tiniest sliver of sympathy. Quotes from the article she had published last night were all over the internet, ripped out of context, of course. Men are the real victims, according to Rachel Hastings, the latest apologist for rampant misogyny. Feeling nauseous, she did a search on her blog. The actual sentence was, Within the men's rights movement, the argument goes, men are the real victims because they receive little to no sympathy. I'm talking about their perspective, not what is true. Rachel's hands were shaking. She felt the urge to leap out of bed, find everyone lying about her, and scream the truth into their stupid faces. Women are the real oppressors, writes self-described reporter Rachel Hastings. She searched again. Men who have been dragged through what they perceive to be a one-sided and unfair family court system make the argument that, in certain areas of law, women have the capacity to be the real oppressors. Women constantly lie about rape. Rachel Hastings doesn't even bother using a dog whistle for her latest justification for male hatred. Rachel shook her head slightly. Her ears were humming. Latest justification? I've never written about this subject before. The actual sentence? Women lying about being raped is 
under-acknowledged, according to some extremists in the men's rights movement. What the hell? Rachel almost cried out as her phone shook again in her hand. A call. Rachel, groaned Arlo. Sorry, she gulped, throwing the covers aside and racing to the living room, returning in a rush to gently close the door. She had a sudden impulse to put a wet towel on the bottom as if to keep deadly smoke from her slumbering boyfriend. She put the phone to her ear. Rachel? snapped Aunt Crystal. Please tell me this is you. It's no time for voicemail. Yeah, yeah, it's me. I can't sleep. I never can. And I have these alerts set up for your name. What the hell? Rachel laughed nervously. (laughs) I seem to have hit a nerve, I think. What was the one thing you promised me? I, I, I don't remember. First of all, I told you not to write this article. But if you did, I absolutely expected you to run it by me first. I'm a goddamn veteran of this industry, Rachel. Twenty years. No, more. You don't just wander into this kind of minefield if you have people screaming from the sidelines for you to just step away. What the hell were you thinking? Something in Rachel snapped. Oh, and did you just follow orders and do what was expected to start your career? This is not then, snapped Crystal. Her energy suddenly seemed to falter. This is a new world. People could vaguely handle conflict when I was your age. Different ideas were stimulating. We had good humor about it. This is, I don't know, something else entirely. I expected some controversy, but Crystal's brittle energy returned with a vengeance. How the hell am I going to explain you working on my memoirs now? Excuse me? I can't have your name associated with my life's work now. Why don't you... Do you ever think of others before you act? Has Arlo just turned you into him? What? Rachel sat heavily on the soft armchair by her work desk. You like him. I like candy, too. Doesn't mean it's good for me. So you don't want me to work on your boxes? Oh, no, get that done. I'll set up some LLC for you so that it stays anonymous. But I'm not getting paid. Right, right, murmured Crystal. But still, just in case. Rachel took a deep breath. It seemed impossible, but the messages were coming in faster now. Someone walked down the hallway outside her front door, and she suddenly felt that the Internet was very, very close. Rachel said, Okay, my bad. I messed up, maybe. What do I do? There was a pause. Rachel had an insane vision of Crystal enjoying the wait, the younger woman's agony. I don't know, Crystal sighed. You can survive these things of a time, as long as you have at least one group in your corner. I pissed off the military-industrial complex with my reporting on Kuwait and Syria, but at least I had the anti-war leftists on my side, at least until Trump. Is there any group, outside of these men's rights nuts, that is sending you any kind of sympathetic messages, or anything not crazy hostile? Rachel put the call on speakerphone and scrolled through the messages. There are a lot of people in the world hungry for the death of strangers, she murmured. What? I'm looking. There was a slight pause. The tinny voice from her phone said, Well, that's not good. I know. Pause. You got nothing? Oh, here's one. It's an email. Uh, oh. 
It's some guy just out of prison for failing to pay child support. Oh, for a kid that isn't even his. Crystal's voice was sarcastic. Great, well, we have the deadbeat dad demographic locked up. Wait, a woman. Uh, Her son was falsely accused of... Oh, God. Never mind. Are you getting any interview requests? Nothing that I can see. A couple of podcasts I've never heard of. Ooh, not super keen on the names. Anything from anyone important from the actual media? Oh, it's one. Laura Joseph, you know her? Crystal, between her front teeth, stay clear of that one. She's not going to do you any favors. But I can record the interview, publish the whole thing, so they can't slice and dice. Crystal laughed harshly. Oh, come on, kiddo. You can't really think that's how the game is played. She's got half a million viewers. Easy. You maybe get a couple of thousand people at best to listen to your the actual interview. You know the old saying, a lie travels twice around the world while the truth is still getting its boots on. Rachel's heart was thudding in her chest. So what can I do now? Lock the barn door after the horse has stampeded over your entire damn future? I don't know. Get married. Have some kids. Move to a farm. Plow your phone into the ground. Rachel laughed weakly. Oh, come on. You've read the article? I'm really critical. It's like 3% sympathetic. My God, Rachel, please don't pretend to be this naive. And don't talk to me about balance. Nazis and angels, that's all that's left these days. And you don't give 3% sympathy to Nazis. I can't... I can't generate that level of hatred. Well, don't write any damn thing until you can. It seems horrible. Crystal scoffed so loud that the speaker crackled. Ah, you're like a surgeon fainting at the sight of blood. If you can't handle it, choose another profession. But you were cancelled? Crystal's voice rose. What the hell? I wasn't cancelled, except by doctors who refused to listen to women. Sickness took me down, not damn stupidity and a total failure to take any advice at all. The bedroom door opened and Arlo shuffled out, naked, as always. What's going on? He mumbled. Is that Crystal? Rachel nodded. Crystal, everything okay? Why are you disturbing my beauty sleep? There was a tiny pause. You don't know? Nope, said Arlo without concern. He lifted his right leg, crossing his ankle over his left knee, and sat into a runner's stretch. Well, your lovely lady has ridden herself into a bit of a pickle. Pause. I'm not sure I get it. Well, the article she put out last night, Rachel suddenly said, I'm sorry, I'll call you back. Without waiting, she disconnected. Arlo brushed his hair back and looked at her quizzically. She said, Well, I... Did I did end up publishing the article on men's rights. He stopped mid-stretch. With almost balletic grace, he untangled his legs and sat on his haunches. Absurdly, Rachel once again envied his ability to sit on his own heels with his whole feet actually touching the floor. Okay, he murmured cautiously. I didn't know it would be any kind of big deal. Nope, he interrupted. She waited. Nothing. So it it, it turns out to be 
quite a big deal, which you absolutely expected and didn't consult me on. Rachel swallowed. I thought <laughs> maybe a medium deal, enough to get some recognition, some leverage, some edge. But it's like, like this giant machine has caught me and is slowly pulling me in. And, and, Rachel's eyes suddenly filled with tears. I'm really scared, Arlo. Arlo said nothing. He did not move. Say something, she pleaded. Such as? She raised her hands. I need a hug. Arlo jumped lightly to his feet. Well, I needed some goddamn communication from you, but I didn't get that either. Arlo! You researched this without telling me. He paused, cocking his head. Where were you last weekend? At a... At a men's rights conference. So... You lied. Rachel nodded miserably. And you gathered all this data, and you wrote your article, and you put it up on your blog, and you edited it, and you hit the publish button while hiding and lying and keeping everything from me. I want to make a mark. Well, congratulations. You, you've made a mark. An entire freaking crater. He reached for her. Give me your phone. Why? You don't want to read... Rachel was genuinely shocked when Arlo's hand whipped forward and snatched the phone from her grasp. Hey! She cried in outrage. You lie to me. Forget about having privacy. He growled, scrolling through her messages. Holy crap. What the hell did you write? Jesus, God above, I'm going to get fired. This has nothing to do with... Arlo sighed deeply and somehow this stopped her words. Rachel said, Please, just read the article. He looked up in confusion. Why? They're lying about it. So, read the article. Just see. Why do you think they're lying, Rachel? Arlo's voice rose. Because it works. God, you can't have studied journalism for years and tried to be a journalist for years and have absolutely zero idea how the entire machinery works. You play with lemurs for a living, cried Rachel. You live off those lemurs. And me too. Arlo raised his hand and Rachel was suddenly very afraid that he would throw her phone at her. But then he twitched his wrist and tossed it onto her desk. It clattered against her keyboard. What are we doing? Asked Rachel emptily. The question seemed so much bigger than both of them, trapped in this tiny, dark room. You don't get to screw up other people's lives without even asking them first, said Arlo. He started to walk, hoping to pace, perhaps, but the room was too small and tangled. He sat back down on his heels. What did <coughs> Crystal say? That I'm screwed, said Rachel, then held up a conciliatory hand. We're... Screwed, I guess. Arlo's voice was soft. I don't understand any of it at all. Rachel raised her eyes to his. We're not getting married, are we? Arlo's eyes widened. What? Is there some kind of connection? 
Rachel shrugged, sinking back even further into her armchair. That's my answer. To what? When the hell did you ever talk about wanting to get married? Do you love me? Don't ask me when I'm this angry. Rachel said nothing. Arlo sighed deeply, rubbing his face violently. He jumped up again. I'm not going to comfort you, he snapped. Did I ask you to? She cried. More silence. Arlo suddenly put his hand to his chest and began breathing slowly, deeply. His voice became utterly different. Rach, get me a paper bag, now. The urgency in his voice propelled her out of her chair. She half ran into the kitchen and started pulling open drawer after drawer. Rachel, croaked Arlo in agony. We don't have any paper bags. Get something. She heard a thud from the living room. She ran back in. Arlo was lying on his side, his face discolored. What's happening? Arlo closed his eyes and reached for her. Rachel strode forward, fell to her knees, and cradled her lover's soft, blonde head. Bello, he gasped. Twisting around, her back hurt deep in her spine, Rachel grabbed a pillow and handed it to him. He crushed it against his face, taking deep, shuddering breaths, holding and comforting him. Rachel felt with terrible clarity the sensation of cuddling a giant, naked, muscular baby. This is what I get. Instead of... She cut the thought off, leaned down and kissed Arlo's head. In the shadowed light from the desk lamp, she saw the deep creases of his ribs as his chest rose and fell convulsively. The phone buzzed again, drifting towards the edge of the desk. Arlo screamed, his voice muffled by the dusty throw pillow. Leaning back, Rachel half caught the phone as it trembled on the edge. It was her mother. Rachel did not answer. With shaking hands, she silenced her phone and locked it. The screen winked into darkness, promising to be back. Returning to her boyfriend, Rachel found him still gulping air, his hands shaking. Arlo, do I call an ambulance? He shook his head violently. What do I do? Oh, God, nothing, he cried out. Just wait and hold me. She stroked his side. His skin was cold. She could feel his bones trembling under his paper skin. After a while, a long while, Arlo's breathing began to slow. For a wild moment, Rachel thought he would fall asleep. His eyes had been shut tight for so long that her own face muscles ached in sympathy. Eventually, Arlo opened his eyes. The distant sunrise lit the grey walls outside the yellow pool of lamplight. He seemed to be staring into nothing. The sheen of blinding beauty that always eclipsed the dark moon of his hidden soul seemed to fade to nothing in the early light. No sentences in Rachel's mind could be assembled into any remotely coherent thought. Rachel waited, possessed by an inner stillness she had never experienced before. With a gentle 
pat on her arm, Arlo disentangled himself and sat heavily against the arm of the couch. Can I... He cleared his throat. <clears throat> Can I get a blanket, please? Silently, Rachel rose, went to the bedroom, and returned. Still shivering, Arlo wrapped the eider down around his shoulders, then pulled the top over his head like a woolen hoodie. So, he smiled thinly. I think I just had a panic attack. I had one uh, years ago on my graduation day, after the ceremony. No, too. Also after that terrifying environmental conference when I... Jesus, Rachel murmured, closing her eyes. Why? I never knew. And tonight? This morning... He took a deep, shuddering breath. I just saw everything falling apart. Because of my article? He nodded. Nothing else? He shook his head. Silence. Rachel said, So, all this freak out because of one article? Arlo took a deep breath. Oh, God, Rach, they'll get me fired. They'll just... Take us apart. Pretty people doing bad things is what the world gets out of bed for. (sighs) This is our last day of being unknown. (sighs) Good luck getting a job in the future. Either of us. The internet is forever. Rachel waved her hand. For God's sake, calm down, babe. Nothing might happen. It's already happening. Look at your phone. Yeah, to me, not to you, and I'm not panicking. He laughed harshly. (laughs) You're in shock. Rachel shook her head. We, I can turn this into a positive. Let's call Crystal back, said Arlo suddenly. Where's your phone? Rachel hesitated. I know what she'll say. How? She already said it. What? That we're, I'm screwed, Arlo said slowly. They never stop with just one person. Rachel took a deep, gulping breath. I'll, I can just pull it down, apologize, disavow, appease them. I, I, don't, I don't care. Arlo shook his head slowly. Oh, that's worse than useless. Then what was the point of any of it? You just poke them, then show weakness? The blood is already in the water, babe. Rachel said nothing. Arlo rubbed his face. Oh, it doesn't matter. What's the point of getting angry? It's out of her hands now. We're going down. Her eyes were wide. No! There was a long pause. Arlo said softly. Why did you really do it, Rach? She lowered her head, silent. Arlo said... Is there someone else? Rachel's face froze. She said, nothing. I want to see your phone, Rachel. Without hesitation, she reached up to her desk, felt around, and passed it to him. Arlo gently took her thumb, then pressed it against the screen. He scrolled for a few seconds. I'm guessing it's this dude, he said, turning the screen towards her. Rachel looked at a text message from Oliver. It read, 
Welcome to the middle. Who is that, Rage? asked Arlo. He's so... He's just this men's rights guy. Why is he texting you at this hour? He had no interest in me in my article. Arlo did not seem to notice her slip. What does it mean? Rachel leaned her head forward, massaging the back of her neck. I don't know. Probably that he said that the hour is getting late and I should choose a side and there was nothing worse than being stuck in the middle. Rachel... You're not making any sense. Sorry, I'm tired and totally strung out. There was a pause. Rachel saw impulses of movements in Arlo's muscles, but he remained where he was. Are you interested in him? Oh, God, Arlo, Rachel replied without energy. Yeah, I found him interesting. You don't... Well, you know what it's like to be chased your whole life, like dogs after you, like like, like, a, like a piece of meat. And he didn't chase you. Rachel laughed, despite herself. <laughs> he kind of chased me off. You'll see when you read the article. He got me kicked out of the men's rights conference. Arlo's eyes widened slightly. He pursed his lips, but said nothing for a moment. He sounds like a pretty dominant guy. Rachel sneered slightly. Oh, he's a total Darcy. Smug, immovable, inscrutable, wasting his life. And not a big fan of the ladies, I can tell you that. With effort, she controlled her tone. But he thinks that this, she gestured, all this is going to fall apart. No, not us, Arlo, but our economy, our way of life. (laughs) thinks that women vote for security over freedom and don't really care about debt because they can always sleep with men to get it paid off. But that doesn't work at the national level, I think. He's a businessman, something international. I don't know anything about this supply chain, but apparently it's this conveyor belt that keeps everything coming into the cities. People overseas are dumping U.S. treasuries, which drives down the value of our dollar, which means we can't buy anything overseas, but most of our manufacturing is overseas, so nothing is coming in. I don't follow a lot of it. Sue, whispered Arlo, we're just waiting for everything. For a crazed moment, Rachel imagined that he was going to leap up, throw on some clothes, and sprint off to rescue his beloved lemurs from shortages. Wall-to-wall parkour, no doubt. You had an affair. He said simply, Arlo, no. What are you you talking about? An emotional affair. Maybe physical, but I don't think so. He sighed deeply and took her hand. (sighs) Rachel, come on. You're wrapped up in this guy's mindset. 100%. He's telling you about the end of the world. (laughs) Telling you not to do this article, I assume. And you're keeping all this from me and lying about where you are, and publishing this mess without talking to me. His voice lowered to a whisper. But we had fun, didn't we? She yanked her hand back. Arlo, that's insane. You're talking about breaking up with me over a a text? He suddenly leapt up and towered over her. Have you been pursuing this guy, Rachel? 
Yes, for my article. Show me his picture. Oh, because of you, you think I'm only into looks? He stared down at her, his eyes suddenly widened. Do we even have what it takes to go through a crisis? I don't know. I have no idea what we're talking about half the time. Arlo gestured at the space between them. Our life is like hanging by a thread. You've got more than one foot out the door. Keeping secrets, hiding, making massive decisions. Are we just roommates who share a bed? No, Arlo, I love you. His eyes narrowed. What do you love? What? He gestured at his heart. What do you love about me, Rachel? You, you sent a fun, your intelligence. You're beautiful inside and out. Arlo's lips curled in disgust. Ah, that's just generic, like a birthday card. He squatted down, adjusting the eiderdown around his waist. He raised his face to her. What in particular? What do you love about me? She challenged. I loved our life together, he said simply. Then his voice began to rise. But then I get dragged out of bed at dawn to a screaming phone, a lying girlfriend, a wrecked life, a damned future, and a whole other world you live in that you've hidden from me. Did you think I was going to be too judgmental? Have I ever done that to you? Arlo's voice caught in his throat. I have only ever been totally and completely supportive of you, Rachel. You don't think I've ever asked myself if you're if this career of yours is just vanity, a total waste of time? Come on. You've been at this for half a decade. You make nothing. You publish almost nothing. How much time do you spend on your craft every week? You don't have a career. You're not really a writer. You don't do anything in the community. God forbid you touch charity with a ten-foot pole. What do you do for anyone except yourself? You're not a wife, not a mother. You're just three pounds of makeup scrolling through her phone and pretending she's alive. Rachel jumped up. Okay, gloves off, right? What about you, Arlo? You think sit-ups are going to make you immortal? God, I wish you would be judgmental once in a while. Then at least you would have some kind of definition, some opinion that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't, that I couldn't totally predict before it came out of your mouth. You're, you're, you're just a fortune cookie with abs. You don't play with monkeys, babe. You are a monkey. You live for now. You don't care about the future. And what the hell have you ever done for society other than flesh out the useless fantasies of women passing you by? Take away your looks. What are you? Nothing. A boy whose mother was too busy, whose father was too pretty. And my career? I see the bank statements, kiddo. You're still taking money from mommy. Just like your dad. Two kept boys. Vanity pets with golden chokers. There was a pounding on the wall and muffled demands to keep it down. Arlo and Rachel stood across from each other, muscles, tense, panting, feral. Their eyes had finally adjusted to the growing light.